0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. Okay, sometimes we get somebody as a guest that has a resume so long that I can't possibly relay it to you uh, listeners, and that's what we have today. So we're going to get Allison O'Neill to do that for us throughout the interview. Uh, She has done a lot of stuff, and she knows a lot of people, and they all have been positive in her ability to make a difference in uh, older people more than, uh, I guess you might say, younger people. I just want to say that uh, one thing about her, she's been a keynote speaker, an author, a pioneer in aesthetics, health, and the psychology of appearance and cosmetics and the aging industry. He's an aging industry expert. Is all that pretty good, Allison?
1: It is, but I'll expound on it a little bit when you after the introduction. So I'd like to add to to that.
0: Well, I know you got a lot to add to it. I will mention before we really get started. <laughs> I always like to mention our business partners and our charitable charitable partners, uh, and ask you to support them, you listeners. Our business partners are two: the Athens Area Chamber of Commerce and the Oconee Area Chamber of Commerce. They do a whole lot for us, and the Athens Area Chamber is having their uh, mid-year or annual meeting today, this evening, and uh, I'll be attending that. And our charitable mem- mem- members are Lydia's Place, local organization to help uh, ladies uh, primarily, Wounded Warrior Project, St. June's Children's Research Hospital that we all know about, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, and Camp Southern Ground. We're going to be doing an actual podcast on each one of those. We've already done Lydia's Place so that you can learn more about them and so that you can support them. But okay, let's come back to our uh, guest at hand here, Allison O'Neill. Uh, Allison, glad to have you with us this morning.
1: Thank you, Danny. It's nice to be here.
0: Well, let's let's just get right into why you started what you do and what you do for us, uh, really, for aging women. Uh, I may need it, too, but I'm not going to admit it.
1: Uh, well, yeah. I, let, me, let me say this. So my, my own history prior to starting Beauty Becomes You, which is my charity that focuses on senior adults, for 37 years I worked in dermatology and plastic surgery with patients who had lost their appearance to trauma chronic illness, congenital deformities like birthmarks, acne, eczema, psoriasis, lupus, scleroderma, cancer, you name it across the board, I've worked with it. And um, I actually developed in my 20s a uh, program at Emory University, the first dermatologic rehabilitation clinic in the country when I was 22 years old. And I. Um, I also developed a program for the American Cancer Society called the Look Good, Feel Better program, which did focus uh, initially on women. Uh, We we partnered uh, the Cosmetic Toiletry and Fragrance Association, which is a trade association for the entire cosmetics industry, wanted to do something for a population of patients. And uh, it was um, they met me. Uh, and invited me to D.C., where I began speaking to the vice president and president about this over a three-year period. So I was 24, and at 27, we released this program through the American Cancer Society, along with partnering with the um, National Cosmetology Association. And over the years, that program has served well over 4 million people internationally. Um, it expanded to um, helping men and teenagers um, at a certain point, but the primary focus for Look Could Feel Better was for helping women who had lost their hair, were having difficulty with uh, changes in skin um, and the sensitivities they were experiencing from their chemotherapies and dealing with the overall Um, sense of loss of their own dignity due to their loss of appearance in relationship to the cancer. And um, my specialty is not only in the aspect of cosmetics, but I'm a psychologist and I focused on the psychology of appearance and cosmetic treatments and how does that impact us across the board, whether we have significant appearance impairments that are obvious to others or whether we are Having experiences with that ourselves, so I've had my own clinic for many, many years. Um, and uh, on top of that, professionally, I was um, appointed to the Georgia State Board of Cosmetology three times. Uh, so I so I uh, gave back for eleven years. I was appointed by two governors or reappointed, um, and uh, worked with boards across the United States on developing what we now. Um are more familiar with today than before the field of aesthetics, which is um, the healthy skin care that um, people find in spas and also doctors' offices. So my specialty in aesthetic health across the board is a reflection of uh, not only how people look, but how they feel about the way they look and how that impacts their overall health.
0: Well, that uh, uh, is an indication of something on your resume. you said. A side effect of looking good is feeling better. But before you get into that, I've got to tell the folks out there, our listeners, how we met. Uh, One of my favorite places in the whole wide world is Lake Raven and, of course, Lake Burton. Uh, We met at a deli at Lake Raven, I don't know how many months ago. And you were there having lunch with uh, uh, Hamilton Stockton. And we'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, We may even have him on an interview down the road. but uh, And we just talked. And the talk got into action and uh, I gave you my card and bless Pat if we've gotten together and now you are a great person to interview and a great person with a great background. And uh, that's how this thing came about. Lake Raven did the job.
1: That's right. I understand very special things have happened there and, and this is one of them. So I really do appreciate um, your invitation to be able to speak to your audience today. Um, a lot of what I do has been seen uh, historically as, um, as, as superficial, and but people who actually have experienced what I'm talking about, and if we're all honest, we probably have all experienced it in one way or another, whether people worry about they're too heavy or too thin or their hair is too straight or too curly or whatever sets us apart and the differences we have in physical appearance. It's not unusual because our physical appearance is a real key part of who we are as human beings, and uh, as one of my patients who had scleroderma, lupus, vitiligo, and was terribly disfigured, told me once, and it it summed it up for me, um, she said, this is not about my vanity, this is about my identity, and and that's really where this, you know, this is where the most important things have to be recognized, that there is a depth to the word beauty that um, we can't just push aside. I, um, uh, I love the history of throughout time, of from primitive times to now, how this has been a key part of who we are as human beings in procreation.
0: How do you want to stop social isolation?
1: Well, the mission is to um, social isolation and um, failure to thrive syndrome are specifically the mission that we have with Beauty Becomes You. Social isolation probably became more clear to people in the last year than it had ever been before, because everybody on this call experienced it in one way or the other in the pandemic when you were not allowed to go to your family or see your friends or go anywhere but to a grocery store um, or a gas station or, or a liquor store, but you weren't allowed to go to see your family or friends and so people suffered greatly, and social isolation is not a p- new problem. When I started Beauty Becomes You, my charity, I want to go back, because I didn't start this because I said, oh my gosh, I want to help old people. I started it by the three words that Beauty Becomes You are. My father, who um, was very, I was very close to, He had cancer that metastasized to his bones and brain. So I became, with my mother, a caregiver in his last nine months of being on home hospice. And my father was a remarkable man, and he loved people, and he had the most remarkable reputation throughout his life. He would shake your hand with both of his and say, hello, my friend, look you in the eye. And it was the most genuine uh, experience of someone who authentically meant hello, my friend, whether he knew you or not. Um, And that's just a reflection of the depth of who he was and how he impacted people. But through his cancer, um, as it got worse, he lost his um, ability to remember because it metastasized to the brain and his bones. So our goal was to keep him comfortable daily. And that's what we did. And we were very successful. I will tell you this, people always go, oh, it's so sad. This was not a sad time. This was a time of of learning how to enjoy every moment of someone's life and your own while you are in the midst of losing someone else. And that's what we live every day. And that lesson is so important to me. I carry it with me every day. I appreciate everyone that I get to meet and everyone in my life more than ever because of that experience. And if you could shift the the, um, experience of loss of a loved one to understanding how valuable those moments are, you would change your life. But on a, on a on a beautiful note my gift from my father my trust from my father was given to me six weeks before he died and he could no longer have conversations we heard a lot about world war ii we heard a lot about things we'd never heard about before of course because of the memory loss but one day he and i were on the porch and he was digging in a, a flowers because he loved flowers and i was fixing a bird feeder and, and you know oftentimes when you're with someone special you have this silence, but you're together. And out of the blue, about 30 minutes into this, he called my nickname, which is Allie. And I went to see him over at his wheelchair at this point and said, Dad, what can I do? How can I help you? Uh, I want to tell you this. We had been told six times over the course of two and a half years that he had 24 hours to live. Another thing that I learned during that experience was nobody knows when our time is. So again, it's our opportunity to celebrate our lives not live in defeat so my father was digging in his flowers I was standing behind him his back to me and I said dad how can I help you the only thing I cared about was his comfort and I said what can I do for you and he kept digging and he kept digging and he kept digging and I waited and I waited and he eventually turned around in his chair and he looked directly at me and he said beauty becomes you oh, and he my. went back to his flowers and I held my heart, and I knew my whole career had been devoted to working with people who had lost their appearance. And my counseling, I had told them it would be and taught them, and they lived up to this. It would be what they did with their lives that made them beautiful. And I said to my father, um, because I also knew it meant from him, thank you for everything you've done for me. For that, you've become beauty. And I said to him, Dad, what did you just tell me? And he said, I don't know. So I wrote the three words down, and I realized that was my trust. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And he died six weeks later. Um, A few weeks after that, I was invited to New York to have some interviews with some big cosmetic company people. And I had three interviews at three cosmetic companies, big vice presidents. And two of the three said, you need to meet this guy, Joe Spellman at Estee Lauder. And I went to meet Joe Spellman. Estee Lauder was very significant to me because when I was seven years old, I was lost in a department store and the Estee Lauder woman saved me and she kept me behind the counter with her. And this was when the first gift with purchase was actually being released. And I think most people know what the gift with purchase is. When you buy something, you get this special bag with all the leftover beautiful cosmetics in it, but you feel special getting that gift. And that was started by Joe Spellman. And I thought my whole life, I will either work for Estee Lauder or be just like her. And I always thought her was Estee Lauder. But now I realize I was probably more like the lady behind the counter who saved me. And I kept that package for 37 years. Because it represented that to me. And um, so when I got to meet Joe Spellman, I thought, this is it. I'm going to get to work for Estee Lauder. It's going to be great. My career where I've never made any money because I gave everything away because what I did, people didn't understand, and but what I did made an impact, and I needed to um, do what I did, which was if people couldn't afford it, which nobody decides to be in an accident and be disfigured, and so money was not always uh, part of it, I somehow survived. So anyway, here I was thinking, oh, now I'm going to move to the next level of my career. I'll be paid a lot. And Joe Spellman says to me, how much do you want to be paid? I said $125,000. He goes, well, I've listened to your story and you really don't belong in the cosmetics industry. You would be eaten alive. I said, but that beauty becomes you story. You just told me about your dad. He goes, that's the name of a charity and you need to start it. And when somebody like Joe Spellman tells you to start something, that's like God talking to you. And so I left there that day as I walked down the street on 57th Avenue, I was almost hit by a car. And I called this friend of mine. She, I say, cause I was talking to her saying, how do I start a charity? She goes. I don't know. So within a few months, I was exploring, researching, what have you. I did not start the charity immediately. In fact, this was not an easy climb. And people who think that charities are easy to start just because you have an idea, that is not the truth. It took me two, over two years to actually get a 501c3. The t- 2004, my father died and said, beauty becomes you. The next summer, 2005, I had met a woman from AARP. And I had given up my idea. I thought I was going to work with burn survivors and stuff with my charity. It wasn't going anywhere until I met this woman. She said, will you come to Washington, D.C. and and speak on this panel? Bring your book. I said, I don't have a book. She said, get a book. I want you on this panel. I spoke to 500 women in Washington, D.C. And I had to have a book with me called From Glamour to Grace. And it was a journal. And Beauty Becomes You is the subtitle. And uh, this was a time when all these women had been starting their La La Sister, Yaya Sisterhood groups. And uh, that that movie, Um, I have one called La La Sisterhood because I went to Largo High School. But at any rate, um, they wanted my book. I only had 35 copies of it. I was on a panel with these esteemed uh, writers from Scribner and Princeton Press and you name it. My little uh, homemade book was kind of the big hit. Um, Anyway, I came back. That did not awaken me to wanting to work with seniors. It was three weeks later when I was invited to the celebration of Meals on Wheels here in Atlanta at the um, senior community or center that actually started Meals on Wheels four years earlier.
0: Let me remind everybody who we're talking to. Uh, We're talking with Allison O'Neill. She is the founder of Beauty Becomes You. She's got quite a story, and her story continues. As a matter of fact, uh, Allison, I think that your story is a little bit about how we got uh, Hope and Danny started. Uh, everybody uh, needs hope. Everybody. Yeah. And everybody yeah. has a story. So we put those two together to create something that I think is going to be good. And you're giving us the type of story that we need to inform people about something that everybody else has. Most everybody that I can know of has a face. Uh, and how you perceive that face is different ways, uh, depending on how that face looks like. We don't worry so much about how much we weigh or where we're going or what we say, but but our face is something everybody sees. And uh, you're dealing with that in a very positive way. So right. continue on about uh, yeah. what, what you're doing, uh, how you can impact uh, people. By the way, do you impact uh, people that uh, can afford to pay you as well as people that can't?
1: <laughs> well, I have had a clinic for a long time. So I actually am a WebMD expert. I listen, I have I do phone conversations as well as I, I don't have my clinic now. My clinic closed during COVID and I have not reopened my clinic since. So we'll see what happens there. But I certainly do counsel people who have interesting conditions that I'm noted for on um WebMD, like people that pick on themselves and people that have other conditions and want to know what kind of products to use and how they should be, um, you know, taking care of themselves. Um, I don't sell products. I don't sell anything, but I do. I'm an educator. So yeah, that's one way I do uh, have a a small amount of income. Um, I also have cosmetic companies that I'm bringing products in from South America. And I have another company, um, that has uh, something to do with seniors. A lot to do with seniors. Called Senior Select Seal, which is a certification mark. I started. We couldn't get funding for the charity, so um, I started my own for-profit company. And we were being a visionary means that you're ahead of everybody else, right? You have a vision, nobody else sees it. So when I first started the charity, um, and I and I walked through the senior community, I, I want to tell you this, Danny, because again, it, it goes to your hope you know, the, 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 the whole idea of hope, when I was walking through this senior center, I still didn't have, uh, I kept saying to God, okay, who am I supposed to help with this charity, so I'm walking through, and of all things, there is a small area, everything is lit up bright as day, and this is a big senior center, but this one small area was the only area in the dark, now what was there were two old shampoo bowls, two old shampoo chairs and one manicure pedicure stand with all the products there or place for products it was empty it was in the dark i went and got the manager of the center and i said why is everything lit up but this is in the dark and she said it's really sad this is the most important place for our members but we can't afford the product and we can't afford the service so that's why duty becomes you was directed towards seniors because that's where I heard the light needed to and saw the light needed to come on there. And so we ended up we've been through a lot. Your show's not long enough for me to go through the entire journey, obviously. Um, but from struggling to get our 501c3, which took over a year because Katrina hit, and when Katrina hit, thousands of charities were started and we were at the bottom of the list. It took me a year to get that. It took me Um, We started in 2006 serving seniors without any support, really. We had someone who donated $5,000, and that helped cover some of the original supplies. We started our Days of Timeless Beauty where men and women both get services because you asked me earlier about um, the, the challenge with social isolation and failure to thrive syndrome. My original focus, knowing that people were not touched, Um, Failure to thrive syndrome is a condition that was originally identified in premature infants in 1962, but far more senior adults suffer from that today because of loss of spouse, families living far away, disorders and conditions like hearing loss or other types of illnesses that prohibit them from being in contact with other people. Social isolation is a, a, a component of that condition that that. Last year, every one of us experienced and know the feeling of being lonely, feeling alone, and not being able to be touched by other people is incredibly difficult. What's exciting about what we, what I've discovered and what I already knew but I wanted to apply here was that beauty professionals, whether they're cutting your hair or they're um, doing a facial or your manicure, pedicure, or someone doing massage, all touch with the intention of good. And they all want you to leave looking and feeling better. And that energy alone is extraordinarily healing. We've had people say, my mother has Alzheimer's. She doesn't remember our name, but she remembers her hair appointment is at two o'clock on a Tuesday because this is such a powerful thing. And unlike those premature infants who had to be conditioned to understand what touch was, we see immediate response because we have people who have been touched their life Long, so they already respond. Boom! Immediately, we see changes in people's behaviors in eating, in their in their decision to participate in social activities. Taking their medications improves. It's an amazing impact, and that inspired me. We've served over five thousand senior adults and caregivers because caregivers suffer some of the same things, especially family caregivers, but um, and and professional caregivers. It's an isolating kind of uh, work. Um, but we've served over 5,000 people, more than 15,000 services, and um, I've trained <laughs> over 500 volunteers. The fives help me remember what I've done. But um, we've done that on $40,000, and uh, the other 40000 is on my American Express bill. But um, that's what you do as a charity founder. You give and you give and you give, and you do what you do until people and timing come together.
0: Well, you're, but it's because you know, of hope. <laughs> your, your history uh, is a history of being a person that gives back. Uh, you're a yeah. net giver. You're not a net yeah. taker like so many are, mm-hmm. but you're a net giver. And I applaud you, and I'm inspired yeah. by you for that purpose. Uh, I'm Thank inspired you. that uh, you started a, 40, a 501c3. Uh, who in the world can do that anymore? Uh, it's very difficult, and it takes a lot of patience. Uh, but you've done that, and you're doing that Uh I just like the fact that maybe some of these people seem to be forgotten in one way or another, but you're, mm-hmm. you're finding them. You're finding oh, yeah. them with uh, mm-hmm. facial uh, contributions and.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's all, oh, it's not just facial. You can't stop there. This is about the whole person. So that's, that's one of the things. And thank you for pointing that out. I mean, yes, faces are incredibly important, but so is, you know, you know how you feel if your hair is not cut you know, or your, you know, or how you feel when you get your haircut or, you know, you can't shave for a few days. It's, it's incredibly important. This is an important part of who we are as human beings. So, um, you know, it's about dignity. It's about self-esteem and self-image and self-worth. And it's about making people feel worthwhile lifelong. One of the things I've learned, Annie, which is really important through my work with the Senior Select SEAL, that was another thing that you know again all these barriers come up for me for whatever reason but this little voice always says to me in fact just keep going just keep going just keep going but Then i started the seal thinking oh i can't get funding so let me start a company that we can at least have offshoots of the um income when we test the products and you know one of the things that we've all struggled with as well opening a jar opening a bottle um opening something that your scissors come in you know everybody has problem with packaging and products and as you get older you can't see things that interferes um and this is how i met hamilton i'm going to segue into it i have teams now of seniors who participate in testing products and uh we work with georgia tech research institute i created this um, this program and go, go into senior communities where those once a week they become it becomes a program and these people volunteer their time they test products we've tested 157 products to date everything from oxo good grips products to um, wellness mats to clothing and one of the clothing items that we tested is a product called um, uh, magna ready shirts and it and it looks like a beautiful oxford shirt but it but it opens and closes with magnets so one of my tests. Boy, groups, I need that. <laughs> a lot of people. Um, these are these are really important things. Now I've I, I've run out of money. I've invested everything I own, everything I had, everything I earned over my course of my life. I've invested in these projects, and and now I'm at these points where not not sad me, but you know that's what people make movies of. Like oh my god, I'm living in my car, and now whatever. I don't live in my car right this minute, but at any rate. um, and that's what you do. okay? You just put yourself out there. But I saw this need that people need to understand that a product is worthwhile because caregivers and people don't need any more angst in their life. We have, have enough of it. So I felt like if we have a certification that says, hey, this product really does work and you buy it and it really does work, you don't have to return it. You don't have to go through all the anxiety of even though we have Amazon, you still have to return things. It's a hassle if you get something that doesn't work right and the way it promises. So so at any rate, I continue to move forward. We've certified 96 products, but again, a visionary. I gave those products the seal to use for a period of two years, and they didn't have to pay anything, but they said, we don't really want our product to look like it's for old people. So this was back in 2017, uh, 18, and 19. And uh, now people understand that uh, the, the majority, I mean, the millions of people moving into this segment, and we no longer think of old as 65. The new, you're going to be floored by this. The new old is 45. I know we're talking about people being younger oh, at an older age, but when we're actually looking statistically at how people are impacted by things like social isolation and, and uh, disabilities, we're looking more at people who are starting at 45 years old being impacted by these things today. And these are Statistics have come from everybody uh, across the board, from AARP to World Health Organization to et cetera, et cetera, um, who are doing these studies and really paying attention. Yet we still have this amazing outlook on the number of people who are going to live to be 90, 100 and beyond. And we have a huge population. It's in the millions, 90 plus million here in the United States by 2030. It goes to a billion around the world twenty thirty, And beyond that, obviously, as we move forward. But
0: Well, I tell you what, uh, we're coming to a close of the interview, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a lot more information that you can get about Allison O'Neill and what she's done with Beauty Becomes You and also Senior Select and a lot of other things. You need to go to her website. What is that website again?
1: Uh, for Beauty Becomes You, it is beautybecomesyou.org, O-R-G. Okay. Um, and uh, for SeniorSelectSeal, SeniorSelectSeal.com.
0: Well, okay. All right. You need to go there. You need to uh, get a link to what we're interviewing today. It'll come out in a couple of weeks. And uh, everybody has need of making themselves feel and even look better. We all uh, know that and has been true for a long, long period of time. I guess the beginning of time. But we are so thankful and fortunate to have had you, Allison. And uh, we just want to encourage people to go to your website to learn more about you and what you do and to listen to this episode because it's a big deal in making us all feel better.
1: We also, thank you, Danny. We also have Facebook and Instagram, and it's under Beauty Becomes You. They'll find it there. The other um, thing, if I could, in closing, maybe um, with relationship to your mission of, of, showing people that there is hope um, in, in every day. One of the things I had hoped for, um, because I see a really strong benefit for younger people and older people to, um, uh, to connect, um, was I wanted a teen board. And from the time I started this, I thought I would love to have a teen board involved, but it wasn't until last year during the pandemic when a teen reached out to me and said, I'd really like to help seniors. Is there something I can do? then another one the next week. And we started the team board called the Bright Lights. And over the course of the last year, the Bright Lights, um, we had the circles of light where we sent letters to over 300 seniors along with um, enclosed uh, envelopes, return address envelopes um, and to create these circles where people would actually have communication. Um, we sent products with them as a gift. Um, The teens also interviewed not only um, Hamilton Stockton, who we have the interview of, and also another woman who turned 100 last September. And now we're publishing a book called Illuminations, which is a collection of inspiring thoughts from the BBY Bright Lights based on a word. I would give them every week a new word and they would come back the next week with a quote and they're doing the artwork and whatever. So we're looking for sponsors for that right now. But I love having the teams. They're from all over the country. Austin, Texas, Georgia, New York, New Jersey, uh, California. We just have a few and we only allow 25 at a time. And these people, they amaze me every week.
0: Well, again, again... <laughs> I tell you, your story is so wide and so broad and so impacting (laughs) that uh, we could go on forever. But I do encourage everybody that's listening to this uh, uh, interview today to go to these uh, places that are so important, these websites that you've mentioned, and uh, listen to this uh, interview. Uh, Spread the word to others because we all need hope, and you certainly provide it in what you do. Thank Thank you you. so much, Allison O'Neill, for all you do and all you're going to do.
1: Thank you, Danny. Nice speaking with you.
0: Subscribe to our social media and share your stories on the HopeWithDanny.com website. Remember, it's all about hope. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode was recorded at Vega Studios.